in association with the Agri Health Network, it's time for That Farm Life podcast, Planting Hope, Harvesting Strength. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. It's about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between, because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now, here's your host, a farmer, a former agri-business owner, and also the pastor of a Southern Baptist church in Arkansas, Archie Mason. Well, hey folks, this is Archie Mason, your host of That Farm Life Podcast, and welcome to another episode of today. Thank you so much for joining us uh, each week. We have listeners that are in all 50 states here in the U.S. and also many countries around the world. So thank you for taking time out to be with us today. If you're new to the podcast, check us out at agrihealth.net. You can find some resources there. Our main purpose is really just to kind of help with the stress and strains of life out there, especially farm life. So we always interview folks, usually ranchers or row crop farmers or especially crop farmers. But today uh, we have with us Miss uh, Leslie Hendry. She lives, as she said, way out, way outside of Casper, uh, Wyoming. Isn't that correct, Leslie? That is correct. Yes. And so going to the store is not an easy task. Is that right? Generally, it's a once a week, maybe once every two weeks uh, endeavor to get to the store. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Leslie, I'll tell you what. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Okay. Well, I was born in Wyoming, raised in Wyoming, and still live in Wyoming. Have never gone anywhere. I was raised on a sheep ranch that was actually about 75 miles west of Casper as well. And then uh, went to school in Casper, uh, graduated from the University of Wyoming in Laramie, met my husband in high school. And as he loves to tell people, we were not high school sweethearts. So um, we <laughs> well, were, well, were you high school sweethearts or not? We were not. Okay. We dated, we dated a few times, but we were not. Um, but I went away to college and he came home to the ranch and we reconnected my senior year. No, actually my junior year. And, and, um, we got engaged in a month after graduation, we got married and, and I moved out here to his ranch. Um, we, like I said, I grew up on a sheep ranch and he is a cattle rancher. So I knew absolutely nothing (laughs) about cows. So I had a steep learning curve because they are totally different than sheep. You do everything different. So so it was interesting. Um, but growing up, we would go to our ranch every weekend. Um, we, we had a house in Casper, went to school in Casper, and then go to the ranch on the weekend. So I really didn't grow up with a lot of people around, you know, went to school. But on the weekends, whenever all my friends were playing and hanging out, I was at home at the ranch and, and generally working or, or making our own entertainment. So when I moved out here, it wasn't that difficult of an adjustment because, you know, I knew, I knew about working, I knew about ranching. And so I really, I really enjoyed it. That's what I really like to do. Um, and that I'll date myself. This was pre computers, pre cell phone. And, um, I mean, we did have a landline. Yay, we had a phone, um, you know, but 
Uh, that was about it. So I didn't have um, access to a lot of friends, a lot of people. And, and we did have employees, but uh, you don't really socialize a whole lot with your employees. So uh, the Wyoming Stock Growers Association was very important to my husband. He really liked what they were doing and, and wanted to be involved. And so actually the day we got married in Casper was the convention was in Casper. And so he went to the convention. He was supposed to be entertaining relatives at his house and he was at the convention and they were saying, well, you know, aren't you getting married? And he's like, well, yeah, but that's not till tonight. I don't need to be there till tonight. So I knew, I knew it was important to him. So we started going to stock growers conventions and then we started going to national cattlemen's conventions. And that's where I met my network of friends. Mm, okay. And so we, we would, uh, the cattle women, um, I, I joined the cattle women and we would meet once a month. And so I would go into Casper generally, I, this was our local group. Um, they would meet once a month and then the state group would meet once every quarter. So I just got involved in those organizations and that's where I met my friends. And so for me, that's really how I learned to live in the country. Um, I, I did work on the ranch, um, of course, keep the books. Most, most ranch women do keep the books, help with the writing and all of the branding and everything else. But um, when we got married, my father-in-law was of the old school that women did not work on the ranch. And so I had to educate him that, yes, it was okay. <laughs> I could do that. And he he came around because his my my husband's mother was a city girl and she wasn't raised on a ranch and she didn't do ranch stuff. So that was all new to him. So I think for a lot of ranch women, we do. We work alongside our husbands, which is a whole nother challenge sometimes. But that uh, we do that. So that's kind of my background of where I am today. Yes, ma'am. Hey, well, okay, Miss Leslie. So I have a theory. I have a theory kind of to back up on something you were saying. So you uh, you met each other in high school. And so he is coming back. Uh, he's going out on the farm. He's going to be out there. You go off to college. So I think he was out there working for a few years. And he said he was thinking to himself out there, you know, Miss Leslie is really a nice young lady. And so I think he set his sights on you. You didn't know it. You were getting that, that mathematics degree at University of Wyoming. And so he set his sights on you. So you, he may say, y'all are not sweethearts, but I I think uh, I think he had you on his mind. Actually, um, so to back up, when I was a junior in college, I had a friend who was dating somebody in Casper. And so I said, well, we can go up to Casper for the weekend and then you can um, you can go out and I'll, I'll go out with you. We like to go to, you know, in the 70s, you go to the bar. That's yeah. what you do. You play pool. Yeah. So I said, and I'll go with you. And she's like, no, you have to have a date. And I said, you know why? 
She said, no, you have to come. You have to have a date. So I called him up and asked him out. <laughs> so to oh. say that he had his sights on me, um, no, it's not quite right. So I called up and asked him out. And he did go. And then my friend backed out. And so that was a whole other issue. But anyway, <laughs> so we still went out. And then we we never really dated like people date because I went back to school. He went back to the ranch. And and we had our phones. We could call each other. But that was about it. And then we got engaged in July. And then yes, I had another school yet left. So, so uh, yeah, I didn't say he had his sights set on me. No. <laughs> well, let me ask you this then. So you got married, you were getting married that night and you mentioned that uh, he was attending, was a stock growers convention. Yes. Yeah. So what is for some of our folks out there may not know exactly what that is. What is that? A stock growers oh, convention. The Wyoming stock growers is an organization and, and they're uh, stock growers organizations in every state and it's the cattlemen's group. And so they meet. Uh, twice a year, June and December, and they get together and have committee meetings and have speakers and and talk about issues and and those kinds of things. So yes, that's what the stock horse convention was. Well, you can tell on your wedding day that was important to him. If he was, it here. was. Yes, yes. ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, let me ask you this. Okay, so you mentioned how you made a lot of friends after you you know you, as the the cattle. Uh, ladies group, you know, that you were a part of, cattle women. Uh, we have that here in Arkansas uh, also. And so that's where you made friends. When you first went back out on the ranch and you guys were newly married and, you know, like you said, you had folks who worked for you, but you didn't necessarily socialize. Them. Was, that a, was that a difficult time or is it just one of those things you said, hey, I'm married and we're working and, you know, we'll figure this thing out as we go. What was that like? You know. Looking back, you think about it, you don't know any different, really. You're newlyweds. You don't know what to expect. Um, it's moving out on the ranch is, is new because I never lived full time on the ranch, just um, weekends and summers growing up. So that was a learning experience. So every day was just different. And so it was it was just new. And so you just live day to day really. Yes, and you didn't, I, I guess you didn't know what you needed. So you just did. I think that's, that's exactly right. Yes, ma'am. I think that's exactly right. I tell my wife every day, we have no idea what we're doing. Every day is a brand new day with us sometimes and things that are, are taking place and, and uh, going on. I call her. She's the ranch manager for us. She's an unpaid ranch manager as well. <laughs> <laughs> she taught school for uh, 23 years. So if she ever complains. I said, you want to go back to 22 second graders? She's like, no, I'll just go feed cows. I'm fine. So it, it's good. Okay. Man, a lot of great stuff, Miss Leslie. Again, and thank you for you know doing this. So. You know, like I said, most of our listeners are involved in rural farm life of some sort out there. And so, you know, I know here in Arkansas, we're not anyway uh, where we are on northeast Arkansas, isolated like you are. But many of our folks who listen, they are or they live in. I grew up in a small town, had one grocery store, but, you know, small town farming community. What advice would you give to those who struggle with uh, isolation? out there, whether if it's a man or a woman, a husband or a wife, and they just don't have many friends or people around them or someone they can talk to, you know, about what's going on in life. What what advice would you give? 
you know, it's it's really easy, and I found as I as I got older, it's really easy to stay home and not get involved and not do stuff. So I my advice is you have to put yourself out there. And you know, I've been to a lot of um different seminars of, and they're always talking about get out of your box, you know, go do something, get out of your comfort zone. And uh, my answer was, but you know what? I like being in my box. My <laughs> box is, I'm comfortable in a box, but they want you to get out of it. So this day and age, of course, we all have computers. We all have computers on our phone so we can keep in touch that way. You know, growing up, you, we didn't have that. So you made your own entertainment. So you can you can keep in touch that way. And I'll date myself. I, I mean, I love Facebook because you have even people that you just have met maybe one or two times. You become friends with them on Facebook and you can follow them and and you can um, see what they're doing. They They might not post a lot, but a picture here and there comment on your picture you can keep in touch and and people like to see that they like to think hey you know somebody's really looking at what i'm putting out there even if it's one person or 50 and so i think that's a way that we can really um keep in touch and then also to become involved in your local ag organizations this day and age, a lot of these organizations are struggling for membership, mainly because the younger generation, they don't want to be involved and they have their cell phones. They have their computers. They, they want to be on their computer. They want to be on their phone all the time looking down. But these organizations need people. And so if you go and even if you can't make all the meetings, that's fine. Just you know, come to one or two and you can meet people and, and get involved in a, in a promotion. The, the cattle women, our, our um, focus is beef promotion and beef education. So if you did one beef promotion activity, um, that's fine. And then you can meet people. I, whenever I got involved, I always liked to do a job, but I didn't do it just one year. I would volunteer for a number of years. And, and I always uh, did the Casper Ag Expo, we called it. We brought third graders up to the college and taught, taught them about it, um, agriculture. And I did that for 25 years. Yes, ma'am. So you just, you just find something you're passionate about and just stick with that. You don't have to bounce here and bounce there. Just find even just one thing. And stick with it and, and get involved in, in that's one way you could meet meet people. But you have you have to make the effort. I mean, you and like I said, as I get older, I found that it's a lot easier to stay home. And and as a mom, you know, I we have two children and actually they're grown. But as a mother, our identity is with these kids. We raise these kids. I mean, dads are around, but we raise the kids. And when they leave home and it's just you and your husband and you're looking at each other going, what do I do now? You know, they're still doing the ranch. They're still out there and you're still helping. But 
as you get older, you find you can't do as much and it's harder. So it's easier to stay home and you, you've got to tell yourself you can't do that. You have to stay involved. And I guess that's just my advice is, is you just have to just tell yourself to, to get involved. And, and even if it's with one person, call one person that, you know, once a week or whatever. And with cell phones, you know, you can do that Te- or even text them, you know, just keep in touch. Yes, ma'am. I, I agree totally. And you you did hit on a subject that uh, even in well, the only Cattlemen's Association I'm really familiar with is one here in Arkansas, but also in the National Cattlemen's. But you're right. Even in Arkansas, our membership is uh, struggling. And there there's always, you know, the older like me, I'm older. They're, we're always asking a question about the younger people. So, yeah, you're exactly right. That is a great point. Also, too, I just want to note, you're the uh, Wyoming Director of the Federation of State Beef Councils. Is that correct? It is. That sounds very important. So you're going to have to tell us about that. Yes. Well, every state, let me back up. When you sell a head of beef, you pay a dollar. Everybody pays it. It's called the beef checkoff. And 50 cents goes to your local beef councils and 50 cents goes to the cattlemen's beef board. Then your local beef councils give money to the Federation of State Beef Councils. And so depending on how much money you give, you're allotted so many directors. Wyoming, we have three, so I'm one of three. So what our job at the state or at the national level is we do look at... um, authorization requests from different contractors for beef promotion and education activities. Because with the beef checkoff, our job is to promote beef. We are trying to sell more beef to the consumer. And unfortunately, we just can't sell beef. We have to convince the consumer that it's a good product, it's a wholesome product, and that you can eat it. You know, we do nutrition um, education and, of course, education for school children. So that's that's part of what the, the Federation of State Beef Councils do. Yes, ma'am. So why do you think there's misinformation concerning beef consumption? Why is that out there? And You know, what could you say to somebody who's out there who maybe they was hearing our, our podcast for the first time? They go, hey. I heard about this plant stuff, you know, or why would I want to eat beef? Uh, so what would you say to them? Beef is the most healthy, nutritious product there is. And if you look at what the ingredients are on in plant-based, um, what they call beef, it's all of this stuff that you don't want to eat, really. And, and they've got to make it taste like beef. I mean, if you want something to taste like beef, just eat beef. So it's very, it's very healthy. And so that's what our job is to explain to the consumers that it's okay to eat beef. And then we also have to educate them about where their products come from, that it just doesn't come from the grocery store, but that's not where their food comes from. Somebody has to raise it. And dairies, we don't have very many dairies in Wyoming. A lot of, you know, some states have a lot. But if you ever went to a dairy farm, 
and saw what goes into just a gallon of milk, you would appreciate these people so much because it is a lot of work just for dairy. And it's the same with our beef industry. You know, right now in Wyoming, we've been in a drought the last two or three years. January hit, we've had more snow in January than we have had the last two or three years. So right now, we generally turn our cows out to calve, which they, the older cows calve on their own. We can't do that. There's too much snow. So that's one stressful issue we're dealing with now. Do we have enough feed for these livestock to get us through until we can turn them out? But we've had to go out and we have to plow the roads into these pastures so that we can even get the cows there when it does start to melt. So we just, there's a lot of work that goes into raising food. And it's not just beef or dairy. You've got, as you talked, your row crops. I mean, that is a lot of work for those farmers. We all rely on mother nature, you know, whether it rains or whether it rains too much or not enough. And, and so it's always a crapshoot. Every year is different. And so, you know, you talk about stress, it's always stressful because you don't know what mother nature is going to provide. But I will say I'm, I married an optimist and, and it's very nice to be married to an optimist because he, you know, you sit here and you go, oh no, you know, how are we going to do this? And he's like, it'll, it'll be fine. It'll work out. We'll get through it. And so that, that's really important, but that's what what the beef industry does right now is, is we're working to educate the consumers about beef. And then one of the programs they also do is to showcase uh, local farmers and ranchers. They have a page on their website that shows these families and they're not all, they're not corporations, they're family farms. And that's what ours is. We are a corporation, but we're a family corporation. I mean, there's just my husband and me and and our youngest son, our oldest son was here and now he's not. So that was another, you know, issue that a lot of farm and ranch families deal with, the multi-generational working the kids in. And we didn't, we failed at it. Our our oldest left. But um that's that's another a whole nother issue. Well, a whole nother topic. <laughs> yes, ma'am. It is. Anytime we we do talk with a rancher, row crop farmer, you're right. That multi-generational uh, the family stuff, you know, we, we have laughed our family, which, uh, we, we just got a small cow calf operation, but our joke is when we're working cows, uh, in the spring and the fall, we need family therapy when we get through basically. So, uh, uh, we usually have to get together and go, now, look, we're going to have a good day today. Let's not hurt each other. Let's be nice and kind. And sometimes it doesn't work out that way. <laughs> so, it, it's yeah. tough. It's tough. It yes, is. Because, you know, you're, especially if you're multi-generational, you know, you've got grandpa that did it this way and dad came in and then you've got the third generation and that's what we are. And our sons are the fourth. And, you know, you want to try to change things and they don't want to, and it's been this way and you understand where they're coming from. And it's, yeah, it's tough. Yes, ma'am. It's tough. You're right. And as you said, that's a whole nother podcast one day. So, yes. Les- hey, and Miss Leslie, we, we need to invite you back and 
And maybe someday, if you feel comfortable, you can give us some advice about how to work through some of that stuff uh, on the farm. Hey, but thank you for being with us today. Well, I want to thank you very much. This was this was a lot of fun, and I hope I've been able to inspire some of your readers and or your listeners, I should say, and go forth. But I'd love to come back sometime, anytime. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, I, you have encouraged. You've encouraged me. It's been fun. Uh, visiting with you. All of our listeners out there, hey, uh, anything that we talked about today, we may reach out to Miss Leslie. We can get some additional information and anything we need to stick in the show notes. Uh, we will do that. For all of you that are living out there in rural America or North America or South America or Europe, because I know, again, we got a lot of countries, but you understand the part about isolation. And as Miss Leslie pointed out, very great statement, because sometimes uh my wife and I would say this, we like our box. We can just stay home, but we know we need to get out and get involved. And that can really uh, help you. So look around for if you're in a cattle production for uh, cattle women or cattlemen's association, be a part of that. However, you can volunteer helping your community. But also, too, I want to encourage you. We need to educate these young people about agriculture. Uh, sometimes that is, uh, uh, you know, maybe be something, maybe it's something that in our local school system in some places that uh, has been done away with, like FFA or uh, agricultural teaching class. Anyway, you can volunteer in your community and maybe uh, maybe do a farm visit for, as she stated, they used to bring third graders up and, and uh, teach them and help them. So I want to encourage you with that. Hey, as always, again, check us out, agrihealth.net. If you got any questions till next week, keep farming and keep the faith. We'll see you then. You've been listening to That Farm Life Podcast, planting hope, harvesting strength with your host, Archie Mason. That Farm Life Podcast is a creation of the Agri-Health Network in conjunction with Grounded Faith Ministries, where we offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about who we are and what we do on our website at agrihealth.net. That's agrihealth, one word, dot net. Thanks for listening, and until next week, keep the faith.